Welcome to that podcast with Sammy Rye. And this week we have a lot to cover. We're going to talk about a lot of things going on in Hollywood. Some interesting developments when it comes to blockchain gaming. Um, some things that happened with Epic and Steam recently. Um, I want to talk about loss. We're going to talk about you know appreciating what you have. Um, and give you some examples of some things recently when you have something that you lose um, or you don't realize you can lose and how you really can shift your focus on that and appreciate these things better and enjoy these things. A bunch of things to cover this week on the podcast with Sammy Rye. And thank you guys for joining. Um, and to provide that value, I'd like to provide it up front. We're going to talk about the thing for everybody, right? Loss. Um, recently, I've been really thinking a lot about, you know, can people appreciate things really if they haven't experienced loss? Or they don't realize they've experienced loss. Um, we, we might think that everyone's experienced loss, right? Everyone understands the concept of having something and then not having it anymore. But a lot of times it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't dawn on them. They don't realize it, right? So you might have a friendship, that friendship is gone. And you didn't realize, you know, the last time you talked to that person, last time you were with that person, that that was going to be the last time, right? You didn't know. I had an experience where, um, you know, I, I work, um, I work from home now. And I was talking to a friend from work and didn't realize I hadn't seen them for two years. And the last time I saw them, I had no idea that'd be the last time I would see them. And I could go see them. Obviously, now we can go, you know, reconnect. And that was the conversation. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to go meet up somewhere and start a new way of, you know, communicating with each other. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely look back and think, you know, I should have put more time into a few of the different relationships I had in the office with coworkers that I thought were really interesting. Um, because, you know, you, you walk in every day and you see these people and you kind of take it for granted. Even though I have experienced loss, I had an experience loss on that kind of scale, right? Or, or at least on that kind of, I would say scale, but, you know, losing an entire work from work office, right? How, switching from work to home if you got to do that during the pandemic. Um, and then all your coworkers, you, you, know, you didn't get fired. You can see that coming, right? If you get fired or you lose your job, but to still keep your job, but somehow lose your coworkers, that was an interesting experience for me and made me reevaluate, you know, the time I spent in the office and some of the people I should have maybe put more time into the way during the pandemic and after I might have had stronger relationships with some people that I did value and I did enjoy them. But just coming in every day and seeing them helped me take it for granted. Right. Also, I think sometimes you you go and you join up to a membership or a club or something like let's say like Netflix, for example. We all have Netflix, most likely um, you're just paying 10, 15 dollars for things like this and you're you're experiencing this amazing service now of course we're all in a situation right now where you don't see you know that you're going to lose netflix or anything like that anytime soon however but imagine that going away right it's i think sometimes we have all these streaming services and now it's it's so abundant we don't appreciate it anymore but the same concept can be applied to that or your free time things that you like to do, your hobbies, how much time you get to put into those hobbies. Sometimes the time you have to develop your business or your interest, that can go away, right? Some new shift will happen in your personal life or your responsibilities, and then suddenly you don't have that anymore. So hopefully this gives us a chance to think about this this morning. We have a positive thing to go into our day with. Think about the things that you really like in your life, the things that you have. Maybe you have abundance of these things, and it doesn't seem like there's any end to those things. We still should try our best to remind ourselves that we should treat those things with the same kind of appreciation that we treat things that are scarce, because those things can become scarce, right? And those things in life can change. Um, and that's a lesson I've learned recently, and I wanted to hopefully share that with you guys. 
And then we'll get into some other conversations about some things going on with NFTs and the video game industry, um, namely the concept of blockchain gaming. So recently on the podcast, I did a special episode on NFTs. I'm not going to get much into that this week, but a recent development with Steam. Steam is a platform for people who buy computer games. It's kind of the the main platform. If you have a computer, you most likely buy your games on Steam. Um, They recently decided to ban blockchain games and games that involve NFTs or blockchain technology. Right now, as it stands, they block them. So a lot of people are going out there and making games. Even um, Peter Molyneux, um, I might have seen his name right, wrong, Peter Molyneux, um, he made Black and White. He made Milo, I believe was the other game for um, Xbox Connect that he did. But he's um, a very respected, Spore, I believe is another game of his. He's a very respected um, person in the video game industry. He has a lot of, you know, groundbreaking ideas. And apparently he started this NFT game, which isn't even out yet. And it's already raised or already profited $53 million from just selling virtual land. So Steam seems to think that this is unethical, right? Not just this person, but just the concept in general. People are kind of selling this air. And in some places, people are buying this stuff for large amounts of money. Um, one piece of land in the game Legacy by Peter Molyhew's, um company was sold for $900,000. Um, and it's insane to think of how many people must exist in the world that have this extra disposable income. As you hear all these different stories around NFTs. And this is the hype. This is the, the you know the dot-com bubble, right? There's going to be a point where some of these stories are going to turn into bad stories. It just, it can't all work, right? I mean, I don't see how it could all work, which I think is why Steam took that stance. However... On the other side of things, other another platform has become pretty big on the PC, but it still isn't there, is the Epic Game Store. Now, Epic is the company that makes Fortnite, and they've released a statement after Steam said they're blocking games that they're not going to block games, uh, blockchain games, on Epic stores. So basically inviting all the NFT craze, all the cryptocurrency craze to Epic. Um, and this is going to be like a Blu-ray versus like HD DVD thing, I think, where Steam is the people that are pretty much in charge of the PC market, but if the consumers have a real desire for these NFT games, these blockchain games, now they're going to start looking at Epic Games. Um, Epic Games also has Rocket League, which they've acquired, and obviously they have Fortnite, Fortnite, and you know they have Dauntless, which I'm not really sure of the popularity of Dauntless. These are some of their biggest things, but they also have the Unreal Engine. Um, recently, we saw you know a, a groundbreaking tech demo for Unreal Five um, using the Matrix theme, um, and they basically did that for the Xbox and the PlayStation Five, and everyone really liked that. Everyone who got to play it, I see nothing but good reviews. They say the technology looks very promising. And one person described it as 90% realistic. Um, he said it pretty much some some parts of it look just like real life, and then just you know you might notice it's not real life. Um, but, you know, it's amazing for a tech demo. It's not a full game. So I don't think you're going to see games like that next year or the year after that. But in five, ten years, um, when that, you know, Unreal 6 comes out or whatever, and that just keeps getting better and better, um, this is going to be an amazing, you know, tool for a lot of people to use. And it's a tool that everyone can use. Unreal Engine is a free thing you can download. And when you sell your game, apparently, you have to just give epic like five percent of your profits or ten percent of your profits it's actually not a not a um a lot at all considering they're giving you the entire tool you but you do have to make the, the whole video game right so 
that's something I think is um, amazing. I, I'm, I'm really interested into that for video production. That's another use that it has. The Mandalorian uses the Unreal Engine to do its TV show. They pretty much do it all inside of a room. And I've seen some independent filmmakers that are converting their basements and stuff into similar rooms to try to pull off other projects using the Unreal Engine. And this is for free. So this is something, again, if you're out there and you're into photography, you're into any kind of video thing, um, drawing, Unreal Engine is a very... Um, powerful tool that you can get into they also what they do is besides taking the the cut of your game is they have an unreal store where they sell digital assets like buildings and guns and stuff so if you can't make all these things you can buy some of these items from other artists it gives other artists a platform where they can sell their stuff um yeah so epic is really laying this groundwork for lots of things but i've heard recently that epic still hasn't made a profit off the epic game store they made I think nine. I think it was nine. Um, was it nine million or nine billion dollars last year on Fortnite? Let me look up the number because I had a number about what Fortnite made last year. Because someone had made the claim that Grand Theft Auto was the most profitable piece of media in human history, and it was at one point. Um, but then I was thinking about that. And I was like, "There's, there's no way that's still true." And I, I knew by all of you saw my heart. I'm like, "It's, it's Fortnite now." Um, let's see what Fortnite's profits were for 2011. I'm gonna look these things up. Um, let me see. I think it was nine billion, <laughs> just in that one year. So it's it for twenty twenty. They generated five point one billion just for that one year. Um, yeah, and this they're they're at this point. I don't know what the total is for it, but it's insane. So, being that they have so much attention from that game, they're doing um. They have this great game called Rocket League Sideswipe that's now on mobile on the iPad or your iPhone. Um, obviously Android devices, it is great. It plays perfect. It's a very simple game. It's just as fun as Rocket League on the console, but it's different. It's a 2D game, and somehow it works perfectly. I'm, I love it. Um, and right now, if you play that, you can unlock skins and, and items for your Fortnite game. Also, on the Epic Game Store, there are some free skins that start today on the 16th of December. I believe run, they run into like the 5th or 6th of January. If you just log in once to Fortnite from the Epic Game Store on the computer, um, you unlock some free skins for a Winterfest thing, um, promotion they have going on. And even if your computer isn't great and you can't play Fortnite, you, ha- you just have to log in once. So then that'll be unlocked on your PlayStation or your Switch, anywhere else that you play Fortnite. So definitely worth looking into if you have even like a work computer. You know, you can get it up and running and install the game. It's a very small game. And then just log in, log back out, and you know it'll unlock those items for you if you're interested. But this is interesting because I've been suspecting that Fortnite itself will become a metaverse type game at some point, along with Roblox and other people that are in that space. Minecraft, most likely, you know, if that's something Microsoft decides to pursue. But there's a lot of interesting things going on here because Steam is such a big company. Will they change their stance and allow it? Um, I don't know. Or is Epic going to make give themselves a black eye with some of these games if those bad articles come out where, you know, this game's only available on the Epic Game Store, and they ripped off a bunch of people, or a bunch of people lost a bunch of money, or something like that. That might bring negative press to Epic that they don't want. So I don't know if Steam is just trying to steer clear of that, or if Epic is saying, "Hey, we're going to be selling blockchain games and NFTs in the future, so we can't like tell other people on our store not to do it." Because I believe that's what Fortnite's going to be doing with their creative mode, where they can make basically these little mini worlds. Um, and kind of have an infinite metaverse that people make for them. I believe that's what they're going to do. So that's a lot of interesting things to consider going on in that space. Um, over on the movie side of things, some interesting things I saw this week. There's some controversy going on with the Fantastic Beasts trailer. Um, basically, 
the in the credits they're comparing the credits to the last trailer where jk rollins name isn't really featured in the trailer it's like a small fine print that the movie is written and produced by jk rollins um and that's so unusual um that warner brothers would make that move and people are speculating that possibly it was them trying to you know move away from some tweets recently supposedly she made i haven't looked into the tweets um that speak about her stance on transgender people um, and I don't, again, I don't, I'm not an expert on that. I'm just, I'm talking from the film standpoint that it's interesting that they have a new Fantastic Beast coming out and they're kind of downplaying J.K. Rollins' involvement in it. Um, and that's strange. I don't, it's kind of a weird thing, I think, because like, it's Fantastic Beast, so you know J.K. Rollins makes it. Like, I don't know who doesn't understand that at this point, right? And if you, if you know that and you know about any kind of controversial tweets, I don't know. It just seems like a weird stance for Warner Brothers, I think, to make. I don't know if you're doing any good for anything. You haven't removed this person from the film, of course, right? They wrote the film, and it's their whole thing. So what are you really saying? <laughs> like, are you trying to trick people? I mean, these these you know these websites are going to jump on you as soon as you do anything. Um, so I don't know what the thought process was about that. But that was, I thought, an interesting thing to you know throw out there. Maybe you guys can leave something in the comments or DM me if you have an opinion on that. I don't really know. I don't see why companies make moves like that at this point. Maybe they felt pressure for it. Do they think that the people will be happy about that? I don't know. Would you be happy about that? I mean, if you don't like this person, they're still going to profit from this thing. And you know, if you do like this person, you might see that as a slap in the face. Like J.K. Rollins is Harry Potter. If you like Harry Potter, I don't know. You know, if you can be happy about you know her not getting the kind of correct shine or attention she should get. I don't know. It's an interesting move for a company to make um, before a movie's coming out. And I feel like the Fantastic Beasts franchise hasn't really grabbed people the way that um, I think they hoped it would. Maybe maybe they, maybe they it just can't because it's living in like the Harry Potter shadow. Um, but yeah, again, a few months ago I went to you know uh, Universal Studios and Harry Potter Land. And I see there's, there's just nothing but a bright future for that franchise. There's a video game in development for it where it's like you get to go to the school and it's supposed to be that whole open world experience, which they've never done. And they're taking their time with it. Um, they delayed it a lot because of the pandemic and everything. They're not rushing it, so hopefully that'll work out and be something that's really good for everybody. But I don't think people is want to stop liking Harry Potter. I mean, it has, like I think, almost 15 years of dominance when it comes to being a large franchise and something that's in, you know a big part of people's childhoods. Um, I don't know. I think people can understand that someone can have an opinion about something and then, you know, Harry Potter's still Harry Potter. But I guess we'll have to see, you know, if that's a good move for them. Another thing I thought was interesting was apparently Sony is doing their best to, to block some Spider-Man No Way Home leaks. And this is hilarious to me because this movie, I, I know it's going to be a good story when you go watch it. And it, hopefully at the end of this whole thing, that's what they talk about. Because this movie has become nothing but people talking about gimmicks. And it's not Marvel's fault. It's really just the fans, for some reason, are losing their mind when it comes to what they think should be in this movie, mainly with just cameos. Like, no one has an idea. I don't hear anyone talking about this story. But everyone just wants everyone to just appear for no reason in this movie. Um, and I, I just, I, at this point, like, I'm not interested in any of that, personally. I'm, I'm going to see the film. I'm sure the film's going to be amazing. Um, it's just so odd to me that that's what this whole film has become. Like, every single comment and post I see, there isn't a thread where somebody isn't talking about more and more cameos. 
And I just can't see how much that could even matter in the film. I think in Marvel fashion, they probably, if if they have cameos, they're not going to be that significant. I could be wrong. I don't know if every single character is going to have a giant part of the movie revolve around them. I just don't see time-wise how they could do that. You have the actual Spider-Man story. He has to get through about, you know, our Peter Parker that we know and love. And there's a lot of characters you're trying to throw into this thing. So I could see them, like, showing up in a fight scene, having a line or two, you know, boom, run across the screen, here comes another bad guy, yada, yada, yada. Um, but how much time can you possibly give everyone? I mean, then again, Marvel did handle Endgame with, like, 70 people. So I'm sure they can handle, like, 30 or 40 Spider-Man characters if they really have to. But it seemed like from the trailer there's a lot of dialogue between him and Doctor Strange. A lot of different um, things they're trying to explain when it comes to the metaverse. Um, so, or not the metaverse. What do they call it? Do they call it the metaverse? The multiverse. Ah, see? The blockchain things got me all mixed up. They're multiverse. Um yeah, I don't I don't see why Sony thinks it matters to block these things, not block these things. I, I think it can only go bad if people let their expectations get that you know, crazy unrealistically high and then they go to the movie instead of focusing on the story and if you like the movie, they're just disappointed that some actor or some character didn't show up that they thought was gonna show up. Um I think typically Marvel just gets out the way and doesn't try to put a lot of emphasis on cameos and stuff they usually say hey this is gonna be a good movie it's a good story that's all you got to worry about but i i feel like this had a fever pitch um i think spider-man no way home comes out just in a few days let me see when no way home comes out it's the 16th today for me when i'm recording this podcast so no way home comes out tomorrow <laughs> i did not realize it comes out tomorrow um was that friday yeah so friday no way home should be in theaters and um it'll be interesting to see how people react to the movie. And I'm, I don't see any way there's not going to be spoilers online. There's, all you need is one picture. People are going to talk about it as soon as they see it. So I feel like if you don't see it the first day, um, there's going to be spoilers. So just get over it. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's in it and no one's in it. That's what I'm assuming. And I don't care. Um, I had the same situation with the Hawkeye TV show. Very good TV show. There's spoilers everywhere on the internet um, from major major companies like Forbes and uh, don't go right don't go to Forbes if you don't want to get spoilers for Hawkeye, but they're posting articles with pictures revealing brand new characters um, that are on the show that are spoilers. It's kind of like I mean there's like day of they're posting articles and talking about these things. I heard it happen with um I think Sex in the City has a show on HBO Max. And there was some kind of controversial thing that happened there, and they spoiled that online too, which is unusual. The people weren't they weren't doing that before, so I don't know if companies are just deciding now, like, yeah, forget it. Why not spoil it, right? Why not have the article, um, and just put it out there? But I do see people in the comments getting mad. However, they they are you know still online, right? So I guess the site's still getting clicks. So I don't know if this is a thing where we're like, yeah, if you want to watch something and you care about it, you have to like turn off your internet for three or four days. I feel like that used to happen like five or six years ago, but then the culture kind of understood, like the movie and TV enjoying culture understood what spoilers were. Like we taught ourselves that we understood, we taught ourselves writing spoiler warning or not putting the picture up. And just in the last few months, it's like no one remembers apparently how to stop, you know, from spoilers. So I have no faith that people aren't going to spoil things from Spider-Man No Way Home. So this is your warning. If you listen to the podcast and you didn't know, like I didn't know, um, Thursday at midnight, you know, when it comes becomes Friday, Spider-Man will be out. 
and you probably should turn off your phone until you get tickets to go to the theater. Or if you're not going to do that, get over it because <laughs> they're going to everyone's in the movie. No one's in the movie. Just just accept it. Right. I don't know if Sony can block the you can't block anything. Right. And every single friend you have is a potential threat to you um, getting something from that spoil though, that movie spoiled for you. Um, so there's a few other things I thought was interesting. Ubisoft announced they're going to be remaking Splinter Cell, which is awesome. I like Splinter Cell. I think the later games, they opened up the idea of Splinter Cell so much. I feel like they got away from what made Splinter Cell unique. It started to become like just this action-adventure game, almost like Uncharted. Um, and you have Uncharted for Uncharted. I don't think it was bad for Splinter Cell. There was some good stories. But the story started you know, increasingly becoming like, you know, Sam Fisher's character falling apart, right? It's like, oh, like the, now he's against the government. He's not working with the government anymore. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's hard to go back to the fact that, hey, this guy just sneaks around the stealth missions. That's fun. Um, I think they've done the same thing with Assassin's Creed. I like the new Assassin's Creed. I like that they're big open world games. But I kind of also wish there was like a vanilla Assassin's Creed game that came out every once in a while where you just snuck around and tried to assassinate people because the games don't really feel like they're about that anymore. So I I don't know if, if them are they going back to the roots of Splinter Cell or if they're going to do like an Assassin's Creed version of Splinter of Splinter Cell where like it's a whole city it's like Grand Theft Auto and it's not even anything like Splinter Cell, but they announced they are remaking it so maybe maybe it could be a good thing for the stealth action genre. I like stealth games and I don't think there's many good ones out right now. I mean even now like I'm swinging across IGN.com and on the front page just more Hawkeye uh, spoilers and I'm caught up. Which I think that means, well, three days ago, four days ago, new things happened on the show. And they're putting the pictures right on the front of the webpage. Like, you can mention an article. Hey, new character shows up. I'm not going to click on the article. But if the image of the show is in your picture, I I instantly see what it is. I can't not see it. So I just have to, like, not go to, you know, major websites, I guess, um, until I watch every single thing that exists before I go online. Which, again, I, I've gotten over it. I don't even care at this point for spoilers. But those are some of the things that are going on. I'm warning you guys, if you do care about spoilers, don't don't go on the internet for anything right now. Um, and those are some of the main things I wanted to talk about this week. The main topic of loss. And then also just some of the other things I see going on right now that's kind of funny online. Um, I'm, I'm right now really big into Fortnite. You might have missed the Stadia sale. Stadia had a sale recently where they sold Assassin's Creed for like $15.00. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone cares about that. Valhalla is about a year and a half old. But, I mean, I don't play Stadia a lot. It is a useful tool, but I don't feel like it's really a platform. Um, It works great if you get a chance to play it. But I think Microsoft's Game Pass is really shaping up to be the future of cloud gaming. Um, It works great. You're going to be able to play it from the Xbox. They recently acquired Bethesda. That, I think that makes them a powerhouse in that space. So you don't really need an Xbox to play the Game Pass. You can have you know, $14 a month if you have like a decent laptop. You can play your Xbox games off the laptop and never have to buy a $500, you know, $600 Xbox. Um, and you can just stream the games like you're streaming a YouTube video. So it's not even, you're not even installing it on your laptop. Um, so I got to play Halo Infinity off my laptop. It worked great. I even have an old Xbox which is like the first Xbox ever, right, or of the, of the new newer generation. It's, it has like the least power, and I could play Halo Infinity off of that, and it worked good, um, which was amazed me. Like that's like having a PS6 game, you know, run on PS5 or PS4. But since it's cloud gaming, it's not running on the hardware. They're just streaming the video to you, so you can run it off of anything, and that's amazing. Um, I, I hear the idea is they're trying to get an app that's approved for Sony, 
And I don't know if Sony is allowed to legally block them from doing that. I think um, they called it like a, it's like a call like an open, that's like a closed garden market or something like that. Uh, Apple's gotten some some issues with this with iTunes, where they sometimes are kind of like they they control such a large part of that space since the iPhone is used by so many people, and they try to say they're not a monopoly because like anyone can be in the space, but then they create really strict rules. Um, they kind of dominates what you can do in the space which is kind of like a monopoly um and there's been a lot of you know controversy about that sony on the other hand um they kind of have this a unique situation where they don't really make a profit off the system itself so they make money off of their store and it's also kind of closed off however there are other platforms and things that you can get you know approved beyond there that aren't related to sony like you can get netflix and hulu and Crunchyroll and a bunch of different apps that you know are available on on the the platform. So, I don't know if Microsoft's gonna be able to get their app approved and be on their platform. But if you turn on your PlayStation and you can play Xbox games for fifteen dollars a month, that's I think that's a checkmate, game over kind of thing there. I mean, because if because at the end of the day, Microsoft turns your PlayStation into an Xbox for fifteen dollars a month, like you can't beat it. You know, I mean, and PlayStation has the PS Now service. Um, but I feel like that service is is not as robust. They don't have as many games. And Microsoft has an interesting thing they do where they make computer games available for their system. So you can have a computer game and play it off your Xbox too, which opens up a whole new world of games to people. Like if you're a console gamer, there's a bunch of games on the computer you've never seen, good games, big franchises that you just never had a chance to play. So if you log on to your Xbox Game Pass, there's all these new games that you can play. Where on PlayStation Now, it feels like when you log into their thing, it's mainly old games that you kind of don't want to play anymore. You know, kind of twenty dollars games and stuff like that. They don't put a lot of their big, heavy hitting games on that. At least not day one. Day one, Halo Infinity was on the Game Pass, so they're definitely investing a lot into it. I imagine all the Fallout's and old Bethesda games will be on there at some point if they're not already there. I think some of them are there. Like I know um, New Vegas is there. I think Fallout Three was there. So yeah, man, that's a lot of stuff. A lot of different things to to put into that Game Pass to give it a lot of value, uh, and I don't see you know I don't see Sony. You're catching up to it. Um, I believe Amazon has a service like Amazon Luna or something like that. There's another cloud gaming thing like Stadia, but I don't know. Again, with Amazon, they they do a good thing with their Prime service by giving you free things from your games, but I mean that might be enough to make you not want to get Stadia. But I don't see that being enough to make you not want to get the, you know, the Game Pass from Microsoft if you're interested in cloud gaming at all. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. I think we're in a – it's a funny thing like the console wars. I thought everyone is used to like, oh, PS4, PS5. That's the big deal. I don't have much that I can report about the PS5 that I think is interesting or the new Xbox necessarily is interesting. But these new apps and services and technology that are kind of outside of these these actual pieces of hardware – that kind of seems to be where the future of things are going and the hardware not really mattering so much anymore. So, I mean, and oh, that the game pass can run off your phone, right? So you can play Halo Infinity off your phone. That's an, that's really unique because like, you know, I always advocate about Fortnite and Fortnite plays off your phone, but it's not the same Fortnite. It's a dumbed down, less graphical, intensive version of Fortnite made for mobile devices and made for the Nintendo Switch. But when you're playing Halo Infinity on your phone, it's you're streaming it over the cloud service. You're getting the full Halo Infinity experience, really crisp graphics. And on that small screen, it even looks pretty pretty much better, you know, because it's right in your face, very crisp on the screen. 
if you're on a strong, stable connection like a Wi-Fi that's this strong, you're getting a good experience. I don't know if you want to play multiplayer games. Like, you probably could play Halo Infinity Campaign. I don't know if I want to be playing Halo Infinity Multiplayer online on, on my phone. That might be a stretch. But then there's lots of other games that aren't going to be just going, aren't going to require that kind of, you know, split-second, um, you know, reaction that you can enjoy. So say you're playing a game like Fallout, for example. You know, the next Fallout or whatever, when that comes out, and you can play anywhere from your phone and have access to your whole world where you make decisions is more slow paced. Um, that's a giant reason to have Game Pass for again fourteen, fifteen dollars a month. Um, it's an incredible value, and all the old games are pretty much from Microsoft are on there. Even their old computer games are on there. So it's just why pay for anything else? They're becoming like in that way the Netflix of gaming, and they have a lot of high quality games. Where I've I've been saying recently that Fortnite's creative mode, I believe, can become the Netflix of gaming in the future when you can actually get into a, a whole metaverse that you can, you know, get in through to the creative mode there. But I don't know I don't know how far off that is. Um, and I don't know if people are gonna really go to that. You know, you can have these decent games that are created by kids, or you can pay money to go ahead and play these quality games made by Microsoft and their partners over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. I mean it's Windows. You could, they, every single game that's ever come out on Windows that, that Microsoft is affiliated with, they can eventually have on the Game Pass, plus all their old Xbox systems like Halo 1, all the older games and stuff. It's a giant catalog to try to compete against. Um, and I guess the, the caveat to that is Fortnite's free. So you actually can do both. You can pay $15 for cloud gaming and then get access to Fortnite's creative mode and all of their world they're building aside there. Um, yeah, I don't know how kids are going to pay attention to anything, right? And, if I, and I can't see in 15, 20 years, there's going to be so many options for entertainment. Um, I think it's a big thing people will have to focus on. And I do think there's a more of a, a health and spiritual awakening that's happening and, and rising, you know, in the need of all this technology and attention stealing things. Um, which is why I'm always big into talking about the yoga and the Wim Hof and, and people I see out there finding other ways to talk about not just spirituality, but just, you know, health and well-being. I think that's you see in such an increase in that because there's a need for it. People are loving all this technology, but then they have to pull themselves away sometimes and kind of work on themselves and learn how to not be sucked into all these things because there's so many exciting things that you can get sucked into. So I think that's going to be the counter to that. And yeah, and then, you know, to tie it all together, it's again appreciating things, right? Appreciating all these different things that we have. It's cool that we have them, but they're not everything, right? Your family, your friends, your relationships. I really think that's something I'm feeling this week to talk about and to really drive home where all these things are fun. But, you know, you got to always take some time to work on those things that you really care about because those are the things that ultimately are going to leave you, right? Like if you have time to experience all this entertainment and fun with your family and your friends, those relationships with those people, if you care about them, you know, they may not last forever. You never know how the dynamics in those relationships can change. You really got to do your best to appreciate them. And that's the positivity, you know, hopefully I can put out there this week. And that's something maybe you can do or you can think about as you go about your day. And that's really all I had for the podcast this week. 
I'm thinking about maybe, you know, working on some other things coming into the new year. I don't know if I want to go back to doing more interview style um, podcasts. It it really just depends on everyone's schedule. During the holidays, a lot of podcast interviews I had set up, it was difficult to get them all arranged because of all the things that we got going on for the holidays. Um, I guess I will plug my TikTok. I did put up a new TikTok video today, trying to get into the swing of that. I was developing longer TikTok videos, and they're just too long. Um, I, I think I got into the editor and was so excited about what you can do. I started making like small films and TikTok and it was, it was way too much to edit from my phone. And I was like, I don't even think anyone wants to see this. This stuff is too long. So now I'm trying to break away from the idea of longer stories and just making smaller TikToks. So I made one today I thought was kind of funny and it's very short. So, you know, if you want to check out Sammy Riley on TikTok, um, there's that. I'm going to try to make more content there. And I'll ask, I had some breakthroughs in music. I'm recording some new music, which I haven't been able to do in a while. There were some things that I were missing. I was just missing small little steps. And again, I didn't appreciate, um, you know, when I was learning about making music, I wish I would have at the time knew more about taking notes, which I'm a big advocate on taking notes now. But I wasn't like that when I was 18 and 19. So when I was in a studio making a lot of music and doing things and kind of learning from just being there, there's small things that are very important that were steps in the process that I had lost and concepts that I had lost. And then making music on my own, I didn't remember all those things. And it took me a long time of watching just endless amounts of videos and reading all these things just to remember something I already knew. Like I already knew it, but I forgot that I forgot it. So once I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's the thing I'm, I'm forgetting to do. Then it kind of brought it all back but that's like two years i've been trying to make music and put out something that i will enjoy and i was just missing something and i was able to find that just through some videos that i was watching recently and i appreciated the people that you know sent me in direction of those content creators because you know without them i'd still be looking for that thing and that goes into that whole concept of you don't know what you don't know right if you don't ask those questions and ask them over and over again and keep looking for the answers um, you know, you're never going to find anything out. And, and I think for me, I didn't know what the question was. I didn't know what I didn't know. So it was difficult to see what was it I was even looking for and how to describe what I felt I was missing. And finally, when I came across it, it was like, oh, that was so easy, right? I, I just was missing one small step here and that changes everything. So hopefully I have some music or a song or something like that. I'll put out recent, um, you know, I don't even know now. Now I'm like, I don't even know what I want to sing about or what I want to rap about. Um, but those are all things that, you know, I have in the pipeline that I'm doing to end out the year. Hope you guys enjoyed the holidays. Let me see how many podcasts we have left before Christmas. Let's see. Next week is the 23rd. And I guess that would be the Christmas podcast. Because after that is the 30th, which would probably be the New Year's podcast. Um, and then we're into the 6th, which is beginning of 2020. So that's interesting. You have like two back-to-back themed kind of podcasts. And then we'll start off the new year, and I don't know. I don't know what was 2020 going to be about, what we're going to talk about on January 6th. But I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I've been seeing an increase in plays and stuff like that. So if you guys are sharing and telling people about it, I really appreciate it. I haven't been promoting it much myself online. Um, so that organic growth is awesome. And I know that's because, you know, whoever's out there listening, you guys are, you know, enjoying it. And I appreciate you guys constantly showing up, all right? I'm Sammy Rye. You guys have a great day. Peace.